It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we are still in off-season mode here in June. We'll be back to our daily podcast once we get down to training camp in Spartanburg at the end of July. So in the meantime, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, which is why it's important for you to subscribe to the show here on YouTube. You can also make sure to check out the show on all the traditional podcasting platforms, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and all the other ones out there. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Panthers so you don't miss a single episode of the show during the summer and throughout the year as we usually talk Panthers Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. And today... Is Friday, so let's go ahead and get into it. But again, if you want to participate next week, make sure to at me at Julian Council or just DM me at Julian Council. Send me uh, whatever question you have through my DMs on Twitter. So at Julian Council on Twitter to send in your questions for next week. Let's go ahead, get into this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panther. Starting off with Andy. He says, hey, for the Friday mailbag, I think a good comparison for Matt Corral's potential should be Dak Prescott. They both played in the SEC and went later in the draft. Plus, if you look at their stats from their senior year, they are really similar. Do you think Corral has that kind of potential? And Andy gave that to Scott, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback who was drafted in the fourth round a couple years ago. And Matt Corral's past season, the, of course, third-round draft pick out of, Car- out of Ole Miss here in Carolina. So their senior years at Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and I'm sure if there's any Ole Miss fans or Mississippi State fans listening to this, they don't want either one of these guys to be compared to the other with the Egg Bowl, that uh, great robbery down there in the state of Mississippi. But his senior year, Dak Prescott threw for 37,000 or 30, almost 3,800 yards, while Matt Corral threw for 3,349, 3, passing yards 29 for uh, Dak Prescott, 20 for Corral, interceptions, they both threw five, QBR, Dak Prescott 151, Matt Corral 155, rushing yards are also similar, 588, excuse me, for Dak Prescott, 614, 614, I can't read today, um, for Matt Corral. Rushing touchdowns, again, similar, 10 for Dak, 11 for Matt Corral. So, yeah, senior stats were fairly similar outside of Dak throwing for more yards, more touchdowns, and I don't know. I, I don't really think that we should go – overboard of our expectations for Matt Corral at this point in time. Let's allow him to develop and learn Ben McAdoo's system. And we don't even know whether Ben McAdoo is going to be here past this season. So he might have to be learning all over again next year if there's a brand new coaching staff. And hopefully that's not the case just for continuity's sake and him allowing the get, allowing him to come in the NFL and be able to work with the same staff and then the same offense over successive seasons from his rookie year to his sophomore year or second year here in the NFL. Um yeah, I mean, Dak came in. I don't think anyone expected Dak Prescott. He's similar to kind of Russell Wilson where he came in and he was just so good. Tony Roman gets hurt. He starts out the season. 
He's fantastic. The Cowboys are like, you know what? We can't take Dak out. We're going to be the one seed. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. I always felt like it was the wrong decision. Tony Romo was an experienced quarterback. You really thought you were going to win a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. Obviously, you didn't get past Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in that divisional round. In Dallas, either way, Dak turned out to be a very good player. High, one of the high-priced quarterbacks in the league. He's been fantastic for Dallas, and he's earned every cent as a fourth-round pick. And hopefully, Matt Corral is one of those situations as well where you come in, and it's a little bit different where – Tony Romo was still the starter in Dallas, and that was the expectation that he would start that season, where this year I think the expectation probably internally is that Sam Darnold will start, but there's also room for Matt Corral to come in here and take over the starting job. So if he can have the career that Dax had so far, that would be fantastic. I'm just not going to place those expectations on him. While the potential, it's possible that's there. And you also gave me the height, Dak being 6'2", Matt Corral being 6'2". Matt Corral's not 6'2". He's six foot. That's what he's actually. But he he has an opportunity to be a good player. Let's just uh, give him time. All right, going to Steven who uh, asked, should we trade Sam Darnold? Uh, I guess swap for swap, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and include Robbie Anderson with one offensive piece from the Browns, either wide receiver two or tight end. I'm just saying sign Cam and trade for Baker and let them battle out. Give him time to learn the playbook, unlike midseason last year, in only a couple of days, learn a couple of plays, let Corral sit and learn the pros and watch out for the cons from both Cam and Baker. Okay, so you want to trade away Sam Darnold, get Baker Mayfield, and get rid of Robbie Anderson as well, and then maybe get the Browns to give you one of their receivers and like David and Joku. I, I don't really see that happening. First off, um, and as far as of Cam, we go back to the podcast the other day, and he's talking about how he was put in bad situations, and it would be another bad situation for Cam. He hasn't been here all offseason, hasn't been able to learn the scheme. Now, Matt Rule said that through the course of five, six weeks of training camp and the preseason that he thinks that someone should be able to master or at least know the knowledge, that have the knowledge of the offense, including a quarterback. And Cam talked about it a couple of years ago in New England, kind of in that same situation where he got down to training camp. Now, things were different because it was the COVID-19 in 2020 and all the protocols that they had in the NFL that year. But Cam said he didn't really have control of the offense even going to week seven and eight. It took him that long. And why would that be any different now with Ben McAdoo in this system? So I don't really feel like Cam coming in here, at least for Cam's sake, really works out for him if he's trying to be the starting quarterback. And I, I really don't love the idea of him being just a mentor and him and Baker coming in and battling it out. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really subscribe to that. At this point, just let Sam Darnold be the guy. And then if Matt Corral can beat him out later on, then fine. The Baker Mayfield stuff. It seems like they're going to wait until after mandatory minicamp, which I don't really understand why they would wait till then to ask Baker or to trade for somebody if they're going to do it at all. I don't really love the overall plan at quarterback. I mean, it's going to be Darnold, probably for the majority of the season. Maybe Corral, if Darnold gets hurt or Corral shows that he's ready to go. I just, yeah, I don't really, I'm not signing up for what you're offering there, Steven. Uh, let's go to Sam. Uh, he says, how would you feel about signing free agent J.C. Treader, who is a was a Cleveland Brown, to a similar deal that we have for Bozeman? He was a great starter for Cleveland and would really solidify our starting offensive line. Well, I just feel like the starting spot's already gone. Like, you already have Icky Aquan at left tackle. Unless you're suggesting don't start Icky and then put Brady Christensen there, which I don't think you, you are suggesting. You, you have Icky at left, and this is all theoretically so we think is going to happen. Icky at left. Left guard, Brady Christensen, center, Bradley Bozeman, or Pat Elfline. Hopefully, Bozeman. Right guard would be Austin Corbett. And then right tackle, Taylor Moten. Like, where? So, do you want to put JC Treader there, who's a veteran? Would you rather put him there at left guard over Brady Christensen? I mean, I'm willing to listen to that. It would make a lot of sense in terms of just having a, a veteran next to Icky Aquano if you're going to start Icky at left tackle this season. I don't love the idea 
Um, I'm not, 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 I don't dislike it, but I'm not totally in love with the idea of having two really young players there on the left side of the offensive line and Aki Aquanu, who I have a ton of expectations and hope for over the course of his Panthers career, but he's still a rookie and has yet to play a game in the National Football League. And in Brady Christensen, who played limited snaps last season. So, yeah, maybe they can bring in JC Treader for more depth. I just don't know if, uh, if they want to bring him in to be a starter there at left guard that whereas I would imagine be the position that he would be at. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show, and I'll come back and answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals 2-1 lead now for the Boston Celtics. The Stanley Cup Conference Finals, the Avs are already in the finals. Will it be the Rangers or will it be the Tampa Bay Lightning facing them for Lord Stanley's Cup? Also, Major League Baseball and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting esports and more head to the website today for using mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, next question comes from Alex, who asks, how many rounds of golf? Does Matt Rule need to play with the team for him to keep his job? You go back to Wednesday's press conference, and I think it was Mike Salarte of Spectrum News. If we're still, is it still Spectrum News? What is? I don't know what the hell it's called now. Um, but he was asking Matt Rule, "What have you done to, or what are you doing to improve as a head coach during this offseason period?" As a lot of the talk is surrounding players and what they're doing to improve, as it's a very important season coming up here in 2022 for Matt Rowell, the Matt Rule, the embattled head coach here in Carolina, who's 10 and 23 over the first two years of his career here in Carolina. And he talked about how he's really focusing on relationships and spending time with players, which he's not been able to do because of the COVID protocol back in 2020, and even less so last year in 2021. And I've challenged him to be more uh, visible in the community now that he's able to do those kind of things. And that's something I would ask him to do if he really wants his fan base to get behind him. And obviously winning would help. But he's been going out in golf outings with uh, with uh, players. And apparently today on Friday, he's supposed to go with the offensive lineman. If Taylor Moten's uh, child's birthday doesn't get in the way, he's not sure what the uh, participation will look like. He's went out with, uh, with um, Christian McCaffrey. And with Shaq Thompson, and I think Jeremy Chin as well. He's gone out with specialists. I know Sam Darnold's a big uh, golfer, so I'm sure he'll play with him at some point in time. And I think it's great that, I mean, if you work these guys, if you spend time with them, know them on a personal level, they're going to want to play harder for you. And I don't think the Panthers team has ever quit on Matt Rule. And if they had quit on him, that had been a great reason to get rid of him after two seasons, even though I felt like he deserved the third year, just based off of just out of principle for me, like, you're not going to get much. Out of it. I don't think two years is enough to be like, all right, yeah, this guy's not going to work unless it's just an unmitigated disaster like it was in New York with Joe Judge and the Giants. So I don't know how many rounds of golf he needs to play, but I am happy to see Matt Rule is making that kind of effort to really get to know his guys heading into 2022 as he hasn't really had the opportunity to. And he's understanding that 
if these guys don't know me, I don't know them. How can we trust each other? How can we have success? And that's smart. And he's learned. So uh, let's move on now uh, to Steven. He said, what's up, Julian? What's up, Steven? Love the pod and content you give out. Thanks, man. Uh, thank you for listening. My question is, if Sam Darnold leads the Panthers to the playoffs in 2022, do you think the Panthers offer a new contract? And he puts that in all caps. What does that contract look like? I know it's to, I know it would depend on his performance. So let's say Panthers go 10 and 1. Sam throws 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 3,800 yards. Yeah, I mean, if the Panthers go, sorry, 10 and 7. I say 10 and 1. If the Panthers go 10 and 7, Sam puts up those numbers. I, I feel like he would be back next season. I think they would give him an opportunity to be back. Now, what does the deal look like? You have to think about you have Matt Corral here as well. Maybe what was the deal? Let me look this up. What was the deal that Ryan's Hannah Hill got with the Tennessee Titans? Because that might be something to really look at as maybe what they would want. Now, I don't know about that. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Tannehill is currently on a four-year, $118 million deal, and it's $62 million guaranteed at signing. So the Titans can get out of the deal. I mean, they could have got out of it this past offseason if they wanted to, but they obviously they didn't do that. Um, so really that's a two-year deal worth $31 million, which whew, that's, I mean, that's, that's what it takes, man, to pay quarterbacks. I would think that they might try and go with a similar deal. And it, where, yeah, it could be a four-year deal, but really it's two years. If he plays well and he gets that third season and even maybe that fourth season. So that's what I would think that maybe they might interest be interested in doing now you're gonna look at him like that's way too much money for sam darnold maybe maybe not 30 million maybe get to the 27 28 million dollar range but darnold's also gonna be a free agent and if he plays well enough and he's gonna be like hey like i i'm a top three pick i've finally gotten to the point where i was in a good situation good system and i played better behind a good offense line and i would imagine mccaffrey would be healthy and dj would play well and terrace marshall would emerge and robbie would bounce back he's like look what i had finally around me and i played well so that's I think I would look at Tannehill as maybe something that he that might be what they're looking at there uh, for Sam Darnold. Um, so, yeah, I think they would probably try and work for a kind con- like if like look if he's a top three pick, they brought him in for a reason. They, yes, they try to replace him for a reason as well. I don't really think they replace him with someone that is a slam dunk at this moment in time in Matt Corral. So yeah, sure, why wouldn't they try and give up bring back Sam Darnold? All right, uh, next one. I think it's the he gets twenty your real name, folks. Uh, uh, Gills, I think is what it is. No idea. Uh, he said on, this is what he's saying. I said on opening day last year, the special teams coordinator need to be fired. That being Chase Blackburn elite talent doesn't affect the team without good coaching. I'm hopeful for Paul um, with, or Paul, you mean Chris Tabor. Uh, yeah. Chris Tabor is a special teams coordinator uh, with us being able to run the football now, along with special team additions like Hecker. I feel like this alone adds three wins the last season. Okay. So you think three wins is added just by better special teams? Possibly. Uh, do you feel the same? Or are you one of those who slumps this off because special teams doesn't matter? Field position with running teams huge. Most Panthers uh, coverage has failed to address this. Your thoughts? Great work, sir. Yeah, no, special teams obviously matters. There's three facets of the game. There's offense, defense, and special teams. And we've seen over the course of the last couple of years how special teams matters. I mean, ask the Green Bay Packers if special teams matters. Go back to that divisional round game uh, that they played against San Francisco and how the worst special teams unit in the NFL ended up losing that game where green, where San Francisco offensively did really nothing all day in that all night in that, in the snow. So yeah, special teams absolutely matters. I mean, the kicking game, we've seen it. We've seen the Panthers lose games because of missed field goals, whether it was Joey Sly, 
famously in New Orleans, or it was, uh, I guess, Graham Gano missing that 50 yarder in Seattle a couple of years ago. And we've even seen how it can win games where the Panthers try to throw away a game that same season back, I think it was 2018, uh, against the Giants. And Graham Gano hit that 62 yarder, whatever the hell it was. Like, yeah, special teams obviously is important. And field position is a key thing. And with Hecker now, you're going to be able to win that battle. You can put the ball in, inside the 10. Like, yeah, I think special teams absolutely is important. Will it add three wins? I don't really know. But I'm sure it would have added a win or two over the last couple seasons had they had better specialists and performed better on that side of the ball or in that phase of the game. So, yeah, I absolutely think that special teams is important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it can only help them win more games. And that's one of the things like the margins. They talk about is how in the NFL – I mean, it's supposed to be built where every team is equal for the most part. You got to be smarter, got to do the right things, but just the margins are so thin. And if you can get a block kick here or you can get a good return there, you can pin them in there and that can force them to have to run the football on the first, second down, try just to try and get in position where they can be in a passing down. That can add pressure and that can get you off the field in a good position. So, yeah, I absolutely think special teams is vitally important, especially for a Carolina Panthers team that hasn't really shown – um, over the first two seasons that they're overwhelmingly better than anybody in the NFL. So if they can gain an advantage through special teams, then yeah, I'm all for it. All right, let's go to Abby, who actually has two questions. I answer the first one and then get it to the second one. Um, Abby says, uh, Matt Rule sent his press conference earlier this week that Icky has a long way to go at the left tackle position while giving high praise to Brady Christensen during camp so far. Do fans need to reevaluate the perception that Icky is going to come in and be a day one all-pro starting left tackle? Is there any real chance that Brady takes the left tackle spot? Also, should we adjust our expectations of Icky for at least the first few games? Well, yeah. I mean, if anyone's expecting Icky Aquano to come in and be an all-pro starting left tackle from the jump, like I think that they're maybe a little bit over their skis. And I don't want to say that they're crazy because obviously it's part, it's the realm of possibility it could happen. I just don't really feel like that should be the expectation. And why I mentioned earlier how I am not enamored necessarily with the situation of, hey, two really young guys with Christensen at left guard and an Icky at left tackle potentially there to start off the season. And he's going up against Miles Garrett. Guys, y'all, really, do you honestly believe? And he might do it. I'm not going to say he won't. But the advantage is going to be Miles Garrett to start off the season. And after that, I really look, I look at it. He's gonna, I think he's going to get Cam. Well, Cam Jordan is usually going to be on the side of uh, of Taylor Moten. And really, Taylor Moten's taking care of him. Maybe they want to switch it up and, and find a way to Cam try and put him on a rookie. I think Icky would be fine, but it takes time. Like, there's been guys like, uh, I mean, Andrew Thomas who was one of the, just one of those big offensive linemen who came up from Georgia. He struggled um, at, with the New York Giants. You had um, – who's got the Jets from Louisville? He struggled. I can't remember his name, but he, he – I mean, he's someone who struggled, and the Jets might already be over him. Like, it's – it's. I mean, Cam Irving is a guy on the roster. I don't remember where he was drafted, but he was a first-rounder as well. You got to give these guys some time to figure it out. I think it will help them out immediately in a run game, and I think he'll eventually take care of it there at left tackle. I just don't think it should be like, oh, yeah, he's going to come and he's going to immediately have a Rashawn Slater type season. It could happen. Absolutely. He's talented enough to do that. But, yeah, I mean, maybe if you're thinking that Icky's going to come in right away and be like the god at left tackle or a god at left tackle, maybe slightly adjust your expectations to like something more normal and realistic. It could happen. Again, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but he's a rookie coming in the NFL, going up against the best pass rushers in the league. Like, in the, in the ACC, Pitt, I don't think NC State really plays Pitt, plays Pitt anyway, but Pitt has great defensive line, and so does Clemson. Plays Clemson every year, did fairly well against Clemson. Outside of that, 
wasn't seeing the kind of guys he's going to see week in and week out in the NFL that he's going to see coming up this season. So, yeah, I don't think you should be down on it. You should absolutely have high expectations for what he can be. It's just, you know, it's going to take time, the whole process of getting there. On uh, your second question, Abby, was uh, was it a mistake to re-sign P.J. Walker? It seems like every time we hear about an interception during preseason training, it came from P.J. Happened last year, I think, and recently uh, won the horn. Yes, the other day. I know interceptions happened, but P.J. didn't pre- perform particularly well when thrown into games. Granted, we were already in bad spots when he went in. Was it worth to re-sign him, even as a presumed third-string quarterback behind Darnold and Corral? Well, when we talked to uh, Jonathan Alexander a couple weeks ago, he said that the Panthers do bring in another quarterback that – uh, PJ Walker will be the odd man out here in Carolina and they would try to probably get him back on the practice squad, but he's already kind of shown that he can be um, a valuable asset to a team. I think he's one of the low end uh, backup quarterbacks in the national football league. In my opinion, he's coming, he's been two and oh, and in those games, like he's through two interceptions, both in the red zone uh, back in 2020 against the Detroit lions and the Panthers defense didn't give a single point. And then last year against Arizona, the defense was phenomenal. He threw an interception, you know, when PJ Walker plays that there's going to be a turnover. And I don't think that when you have the backup in there that you really want to have the situation where he's going to, you know, going in, he's going to give the ball to the other team. Now I think the defense has especially stepped up in those situations to help him out and to play above their heads that those days, especially back in 2020, and a great situation with Kyler Murray and um, Nuke Hopkins not being available last year in Arizona. I don't know if they, I don't think they made a mistake. Like you want someone who has experience. This is going to be his third year here in Carolina. Now it's, he's also learning a new system as well. But having him to where if week one, Darnold goes down, you're not throwing out your rookie quarterback because you have someone who's actually played in the NFL. I think that's a good situation. But again, if they bring in somebody else, he'll be gone anyways. And then you don't have to worry about it. But no, I don't think it's a mistake. I mean, it's it's June. We know we know what we kind of have in PJ Walker. Maybe he can take a, a step further. I don't know. I don't think it's a mistake at all to bring in a guy who's been in this, who's well, at least been here in the organization and has shown that when you play him, he can help your team win games, um, even if he's not like the top guy. All right, one more quick pause, and I'll answer the rest of your questions here on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, got two more questions here on this Friday. Again, next week, guys, if you want to participate, just follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and DM me at Julian Council over there on Twitter. You can also at me, no longer taking questions off of YouTube. Just come right directly to me through my DMs and I'll get to your question next week on the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Going now to Josh. He asked, if you were going to build a fantasy football team with all-time Panthers players, what would your team look like? And I love these kind of questions, too, because I did spend some time writing it down, trying to think about who I would have. And I think I have 11 offense, 11 defense. Let's count it right. Yes, I think we're good there. And also have specialists as well. Can't can't ignore them. Let's start off with the offense. And we're going to start off with our favorite position group to talk about here on the podcast. And really, it feels like uh, in Panthers Nation. Uh, let's start with the offensive line. Starting left tackle, Jordan Gross. I think that's a no-brainer. 
left guard, Travell Wharton, was a really good player here in Carolina for a long time. Maybe not great, but he was a solid player for the Panthers. Uh, center, Ryan Khalil, again, I feel like a no-brainer. At right guard, going to go Trey Turner, who was a multi-time Pro Bowler, someone that they traded away a couple years ago to bring in the rent-to-tackle, Russell Okung. I think he's now in Pittsburgh. He was in San Diego or Los Angeles, the Chargers, and was injured. But Trey Turner, when he was here, was a really good player for the Carolina Panthers and right tackle. Uh, he's been steady for us for the first five years of his, of his career so far. Taylor Moten there at right tackle. Quarterback, no-brainer. Cam Newton, the only franchise quarterback that we've ever had here in Carolina. Yes, Jake DeLome was extremely clutch in the playoffs, and he's up in the Hall of Honor, Ring of Honor. Again, i got to figure out what it's actually called. And love Jake. We'll always love Jake. Jake is not Cam. And it was never Cam at his, at, the, at, the, at, the, at those heights. So I'm going to have Cam Newton as my quarterback. Running back is a tough one. You've had D'Angelo Williams. You've had, I mean, one year of Stephen Davis, who when he was really good. You've had, of course, Jonathan Stewart, the all-time leading rusher. And you got a guy in Christian McCaffrey. And I think someone asked me the other day about, I think it might have been last week about the running backs. And I chose McCaffrey. I just think Christian does things that those guys just never have, like, could just don't do. And I know he hasn't been injured. I know he's been injured the last couple of seasons, and that has certainly impacted the way fans view him. And whenever he gets back in the field and he's healthy again, I think y'all will be right back in love with Christian McCaffrey because that's how fans are, very fickle in nature. And I understand it. I'm not necessarily saying I'm not the same way. But Christian, that would be my guy at running back. Then wide receiver, I think, is easy. Steve Smith, greatest Panthers wide receiver role of all time. Don't know. I don't think anyone's ever going to touch him, even DJ. Uh, then you got Musin Muhammad. Love Moose. We'll always love Moose. Um, then my third receiver will be DJ Moore. He's already come out, been fan been phenomenal. Steve said on draft night a couple years ago that they finally found a guy to replace me. And now after the three-year, $20 million per season extension for DJ, it's very clear that he is wide receiver one here in Carolina and here to stay, hopefully for even longer past that contract and tight end. Greg Olson. Plenty of good options like Wesley Walls as well. But Greg Olson. Three straight seasons of over a thousand yards receiving. And you talk about not being able to find someone to replace Steve Smith. Panthers have not been able to find someone to replace Greg Olson at, at this time. Maybe it'll be Ian Thomas finally realizing the potential that he has in Ben McAdoo's offense. Maybe it'll be Tommy Trimble, the uh, and it was a third round pick at another name last year, who has, I think, the potential to be a really good pass catching tight end. So that would be my fantasy all-time Panthers offense as far as defense. Defensive end, spot can go from one end to the other. Uh, defensive end, Julius Peppers, oh, what third all-time in sacks in the history of the NFL. And this one, in a way, is tough because you have, like, what the top three sack leaders in the history of the NFL. You got Reggie White. Um, you got Kevin – crap. How can I not remember this name right now? Uh, Kevin Green. You got Kevin Green, and then you got Julius Peppers. But Reggie White I don't see as a Panther. He's a Packer. And the same thing with Kevin Green. I don't see him as a Panther. Um, even though he played here, but Julius Peppers, I know he spent time, he spent time in Chicago for a while and he went to green Bay as well. And then he finally came back spent his last two years here in Carolina, but he's a Panther. So Julius Peppers at defensive end, um, then defensive tackle got KK short was so good when he was healthy here. I hated the last few seasons of him being here that he was injured, had two, uh, shoulder injuries, both to both one to each shoulder and missed out. And I think that's kind of hampered the uh, growth of Derek Brown, who needs to really step up this upcoming season. But yeah, KK short, then uh, Chris Jenkins. What a, I mean, that we just go back to when it was Peppers and Jenkins and Brinson Buckner. I mean, that just defensive line was just incredible. That Super Bowl year in 03, um, I guess runner up year. Then uh, Charles Johnson. 
all-time sack leader here in Carolina. Got to have Charles Johnson at the other defensive uh, end position. Then at linebacker, I mean, I feel like this one's also. I mean, there's, I mean, you got guy uh, John Beeson didn't make my list. Like, there's been plenty of good linebackers here in Carolina. Now, recently, we we kind of the last couple of seasons that we've been missing it. But Thomas Davis, he's obviously up there. Him and Luke Keekley. God, I miss those guys. I miss watching those Panther defenses with those two dudes just running sideline to sideline, just wreaking havoc. Like, can we get back to those days? Like, can we find two? Like, I love what Shaq's been, what he was doing last year. Can we get somebody next to Shaq to do that again? Can Damian Wilson and Shaq Thompson just run riot? against these offenses in the NFL this upcoming season. I would love to get back to those days. And then Dan Morgan, the dude had 20 freaking tackles in a Super Bowl. I, and I can, and maybe Beeson deserves it over Morgan. But I mean, if Dan Morgan doesn't have all those concussions, and I thank God it seems like he's been, he's fine health-wise as he's now the assistant general manager here in Carolina. He spent time back with Brandon Bean in Buffalo. And before that, he was in Seattle where he first met Scott Fitterer. But, man, I'm glad it's, that health-wise he's doing well. But, man, that dude was just unbelievable. So those those are my linebackers. Then corner, going to go with Chris Gamble. Just, I mean, and where the, where in the world is Chris Gamble? Can someone go find him? Maybe I should go find Chris Gamble and get him on the podcast. I thought he was a great player here. I thought he was a solid player and maybe not overwhelmingly talented, but he maybe like well, he was. I mean, his first-round pick at Ohio State, the Ohio State. So I, I, I liked Chris Campbell, and it was he just kind of disappeared. He's like, all right, I'm done. I could probably keep playing, but now nah, I'm, I'm out of here, which, hell, I, I respect it. Chris Gamble, then my other one, Josh Norman. So I'm going to go Chris Gamble, Josh Norman there. Um, I mean, Josh, maybe he was more of just a scheme fit, went to Washington, and he got his money. And it didn't necessarily work out the way he wanted it to there, but it, whatever. Josh Norman was was phenomenal back in 2015, especially here in Carolina and in 2014 as well. Um, then safeties. Mike Minner, that's an easy one. And if you look at the Panthers, we don't have a like a long list of great safeties here. So I'm going to go with Jeremy Chin. Second player in Panthers history to have over 100 tackles in his first two seasons with John Beeson and Luke Keekley. Jeremy Chin would be my other safety. Now, I think both of them are strong safeties, but we'll, we'll figure it out. One of them will uh, will play free, but it doesn't matter. As far as my safeties, those that that's my fantasy defense. Now, specialists, what you've all been waiting for. Long snapper, J.J. Jansen, <laughs> who does not need to win a long snapper job this year. Thomas Fletcher needs to win it. But, hey, if J.J. wins again, so be it. I love it. J.J. Jansen, long snapper, longest tenured Panther currently on the roster. That's my all-time long snapper. Kicker, this one's also easy. John Casey, I get it. I know he kicked the ball out of bounds. Also, I challenge you to spell his name correctly because plenty of people who like to trash John Casey and bring up that moment during Super Bowl 38 can't even spell the dude's name. And maybe you don't want to dignify him by spelling his name correctly. I don't know. Maybe that's you. And then punter Todd Sauerbrunn, who was also uh, spent time here in Carolina with John Casey, was here, was his holder for a lot of years, and was an all-pro twice here in Carolina. So that is my fantasy all-time Carolina Panthers team. And final question of the week, and I, I love this one. And it's like, it comes from Panther Dan on uh, Twitter. And he he really wanted me to answer this seriously. He sent me a photo of Ben McAdoo back when he was at the Giants in his hairdo. Now, Ben McAdoo's kind of got like the, the lacrosse hockey lettuce going on now. He seems he's, he's got a different vibe to him. When you saw him in New York, <coughs> excuse me, he was like maybe not the best looking guy. 
I'm not calling him ugly. I'm not calling him good looking either. But I didn't. I wasn't loving the hairdo, and he certainly got mocked a lot of times. So Panther Dan wants to know: Do I prefer the slick back look for Ben McAdoo, or the 1990s Tony Hawk style look for Ben McAdoo? Guys, I like the slick back. Slick back, way too much hair gel. Got the sunglasses. That's my favorite Ben McAdoo look of the two. Now, I like what he's got going on now. But my favorite McAdoo will always be the slick back McAdoo with the shades. So, there is your serious answer that you really wanted there, Panthers dad. All right, guys. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag here on Locked On Panthers, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, we're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I almost forgot what we were part of. Uh, again, make sure to subscribe to the show and watch the show on YouTube because you don't want to see a single episode as we are only on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays right now. Although next week, we do have mandatory minicamp going on. So I might get you all an episode for Monday morning. I feel like it makes sense. Well, hell, what actually, when is mandatory minicamp start? As I'm going to do this in the middle of all this. It starts on the 14th. The 14th is not Monday. So either way, okay, so Tuesday, never mind. Monday night, I'll have a mandatory minicamp uh, kind of preview. And then after those days, it's the 14th, 15th, and 16th, so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I think they're going to be speaking to the media, and if they are speaking to the media after every single one of those days, then expect a podcast probably every day of the week next week. If they're Mondays for the mandatory minicamp uh, preview, then Tuesday if they speak to the media, Wednesday they speak to the media, and then Thursday, the final day, they speak to the media, and then Friday, of course, will be the weekly Friday mailbag. So probably next week and I have five episodes because, hey, there's stuff going on. There's news. Let's get into it. We'll talk about it. It's a mandatory minute camp coming up next week. But in the meantime, again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and all the other podcasting platforms out there. And be sure to follow me on Twitter. So next week, you can participate on the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Do so either at me at Julian Council or really just DM me. Slide in those DMs at Julian Council there on Twitter and answer your questions next week on Locked On Panthers. Everyone stay safe this weekend. I'm headed off to Atlanta. Going to go see Coldplay. Can't wait for that. So stay safe, be whole, be happy, keep pounding as always, and I will talk to you all on Monday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.